An oddly mesmerizing display. A good omens, Podvik, written by the wolf and read by John. Chapter 4 Crowley woke up what he figured was a few hours later, feeling refreshed and only annoyingly horny, as opposed to desperately, which was a nice reprieve. He figured he had the fresh scent of Alpha to thank for that. The blanket Xerophil had draped over him earlier was now clutched on his chin, where he could get a deep whiff with every inhale. The previous night had been absolutely miserable. He'd dutifully called Aziraphale from the moment he'd felt the first intestinal cramp. But instead of the ramp up taking hours, like it was supposed to, within half an hour he'd been dashing into the toilet as his digestive tract hung up its out-of-service sign for the duration of the heat. Then he'd barely walked out of the ensuite before having to turn right back around. Apparently, his body had decided not to lollygag and immediately treated him and his very nice black knickers to the sticky gush of acidic preslick meant to scour things out prior to his uterine passage opening. Said knickers were now rinsed and limply drip-drying over the side of the bath, and Crowley was holding out slim hope he wouldn't discover a bleach spot later. All told, a day and change of preheat had been compressed into about an hour, and he'd been reduced to wanking himself with his ruddy notting dildo at 4 a.m. while he stared holes into his mobile, where he knew he knew his alpha was just a text away, just to keep hold of the precipice of sanity. Honestly, bodies could fuck right off. After another grateful inhale of the blanket and its rich scent, he cautiously stretched. He couldn't feel the dildo anymore, which was only surprising because he couldn't quite remember Xerophil removing it. There was a hazy impression of warm hands and a soothing voice as he turned onto her side, but that was about it. Good afternoon, my dear, the soothing voice in question said from close by. Crowley cracked open his eyes and saw Aziraphale sitting with his back against the headboard on the other side of the bed. He dressed down to tartan flannel trousers and a white cotton vest that stretched nicely over his barrel chest. The color of the vest was boatneck style, leaving his scent glance and the barest amount of pale curly chest hair on display. Crowley was seized with the violent urge to draw the alpha over himself like a sweet-smelling duvet and hibernate for a few decades. <laughs> he managed after a too long beat of silence. Aziraphale tottered and set aside the book he'd been reading on the nightstand. Are you hungry? I've a few things at hand, but I could pop to the kitchen to warm up some bone broth, if you prefer something hot. So saying, he leaned 
over the side of the bed and picked up a soft-sided insulated cooler, which he opened and inspected the contents of critically. I have a small smoothie, a non-dairy, of course, some flavored gelatin with soft fruit, and a couple flavors of no sugar sobe. Rowley blinked at him, dumbstruck. Aziraphale lifted out a small, tartan-patterned thermos and offered it over with a hopeful smile. Maybe the smoothie to start with? Strawberry with almond milk and a touch of chocolate powder. Crowley's empty stomach clenched and gurgled. That sounded absolutely delicious. The bastard's little notebook hadn't been for show, after all. He hadn't truly thought it had been, but an alpha making promises was one thing, and an alpha delivering tempting, temperature-controlled smoothies in bed was a whole another one altogether. He unearthed an arm from the blankets to grasp the thermos and was rewarded with a dazzling smile. He passed for a moment before realizing it was going to be very awkward to sit up while holding it. Um, he hatched as he tried to eel his way out of the tangle of bedsheets and blankets without tipping the thermos. It was closed, sure, but he didn't want to risk a leak. These linens were about to be subjected to a whole host of unfortunate fluids. They didn't need the indignity of a smoothie tossed in. Aziraphale took the thermos back with a deceptively mild expression as he watched Crowley eventually flop himself upright in bed. Crowley snatched the thermos back and began sipping awkwardly. Once he'd downed about half, Aziraphale asked, How are you feeling? Up for a start of heat check-in? Sure. Hand me my mobile. Can text anathema a safety check-in, too. After handing Crowley his mobile, Aziraphale plucked a familiar-looking notebook from the nightstand. He flipped it open to a page about halfway in, where there was no doubt a literal bloody checklist for them to go through. Let's see. You've taken your preheat birth control? Yep, post-heat doses are in the medicine cabinet. Aziraphale plucked up a pen and made a precise tick mark in the book, looking like he was losing a battle between treating the situation with the gravity he seemed to think it deserved and being tickled pink. You've felt my implant in my arm, of course he noted to himself, but would you like for me to make an effort to wear a condom as well? Crowley tossed back the rest of the smoothie and growled. Don't ever say that word again. Sound like a buttoned-up schoolmom, and not in a fun way. And rubbers aren't practical during heats. We already talked about this. Between your implant and my pills, I think we're all covered, metaphorically speaking, on the spawning front. 
And the other thing, the, the blood work, copied each other when we sent our results to the auction organization. Unless you've been getting up to some unsafe sex in the last 72 hours. Aziraphale shot him a reproving look as he ticked another item on his list. It doesn't hurt to check again. You might be feeling differently now, or someone might have made a poor decision in the run-up. Crowley eyed the notebook suspiciously. How much of that list is just double-checking shite we've already covered on our dates? It is important to ensure... I'm not feeling any different, Crowley interrupted, doing his best to wrestle his annoyance into a reassuring tone. He understood where Xerophil was coming from, and part of him found it incredibly sweet. But he'd had too many partners, second guess, and are you sure him in the past, usually trying to push his boundaries instead of respect them. But at this point, it was reflex to get a bit nettled. Here, I can fill it in for you, he said, holding out a hand and waggling his fingers for the notebook. Aziraphale reluctantly handed it over and Crowley traded him for the empty thermos. Hold on, you've already filled in all of your own responses for everything, he griped good-naturedly, as he ticked answers they'd already discussed for a variety of boundaries regarding both intimate and more platonic touches, positions, toys, bathing, and how to handle needs when one or both were asleep or otherwise not in full grasp of their faculties. How's that fair? Why don't I get a chance to grill you, huh? He got a full-blown pout. I was going to reaffirm my own wants and needs too, he defended, and cradled the notebook to his chest when Crowley handed it back. Oh. God, it was like disappointing a golden retriever. Those soulful eyebrows should come with a warning. Crowley felt the last of his knee-jerk irritation melting away. Aziraphale was trying his best to be a good alpha, an unusually communicative alpha at that. Even forewarned, Crowley couldn't expect him to avoid tripping over a bit of baggage now and again. With a sigh, he realized he was going to have to communicate in kind. Ugh. Hey, he sat and leaned over enough to bump their shoulders together. I get it. I really do. But you saw how I was last night. I'll stay pretty lucid for the whole of it. I'll tell you, never change my mind about anything. Aziraphale frowned to himself a little before nodding. All right, my dear. You won't mind if I check in now and then, though. Only sometimes I need the assurance for myself to know I'm getting it right. Crowley groaned and let himself slowly collapse sideways 
until his head was pillowed on the elbow's lap. We're a pair, aren't we? He said with a dramatic sigh to take the sting out of it. Let's play it by ear. I'm all for healthy consent, but it grates to be asked over and over when I've already answered the question. Oh dear, I wasn't thinking of it in those terms. Zeraphil said quietly and slipped a hand under Crowley's arm to press against his chest. The other began finger-combing through his sleep-snarled hair. Crowley agreed and leaned shamelessly into both points of contact. So, no, I don't mind you asking sometimes, but try to save it for situations we haven't already gone over several times, yeah? Oh, you know, when we get to some of the harder stuff, that's fine. Checking in then's a good idea. I promise I'll tell you if I change my mind about anything. You too. Tell me if you need something different. I might bitch and moan about it. I get really surely in the last day or so, but I'll never push you, Alpha. His head moved with the force of a Xerophil sigh. What a pair, indeed, he murmured. Of course, that sounds like a perfectly lovely compromise. They let the moment settle a while longer. Crowley suspected Xerophil appreciated the closeness and calm of their gently mingling sense just as much as he did. Someone's sake, emotions were a bitch. He had a fleeting wish they could just skip ahead to the point in their relationship where they just knew what each other needed in most circumstances. But those were the sort of too-much-too-quickly feelings that had gotten him in trouble in the past. They'd only known each other for two weeks, for God's sake. Eventually, Aziraphil coaxed Crowley to sit up and lounge with his back against Aziraphil's chest, and then insisted on feeding him bites of gelatin and spoonfuls of sorbet, with Crowley cradled there against him. He was solicitous and fussy and goddamned adorable about the whole thing. After Crowley pestered him to have some as well, he sheepishly pulled out a container packed with more substantial nibbles for himself. I didn't know if it might upset you to see me eating things you can't manage until after your heat is over, he confessed. He wasn't wrong. Crowley was eyeing the stuffed olives jealously but his stomach cramped at even the thought of eating anything solid. The thing was, though, Aziraphale tended to get a bit pornographic with the faces and noises he made when he ate, and Crowley was starting to get warm again. In answer, he plucked one of the olives out of the nested compartments in the box and brought it up back over his shoulder to Zero lips.
let me live vicariously, he advised dryly. Aziraphale grinned with a bastardly twinkle in his eyes. Shall I enjoy myself to the fullest, then? I've seen how you watch me. He practically glowed when he was enjoying himself, which was compelling even under normal circumstances. And now, with heat-stoking Crowley's libido to annoying heights, the more primitive parts of his brain were tripping over themselves to make his body pay attention to the obvious correlations. It'd be particularly inspiring right now, Crowley admitted, and tapped the olive playfully against the Zerofield's lower lip. He adjusted his head against the Zerofield's chest so he could more comfortably look up and watch his face. Come on. You need to keep your strength up, Alpha. Aziraphale caught his eye deliberately as he tipped his chin down and took the olive and the sensitive tips of Crowley's fingers into his mouth and curled his tongue around mouth. An appreciative groan rumbled deep in his chest as he gently sucked and nibbled at the soft flesh. Crowley watched, spellbound, and let his imagination run wild, even as his cock went ahead and decided to form a union with the nerve endings in his hands. Heat twinged and spread in his groin as it slowly stirred to fullness under the savoring attention Aziraphale was paying to his fingertips. Finally, Aziraphale put back to properly chew and swallow the bite, eyes closed in hedonistic appreciation as he did so. Crowley's fingertips chased after that plush mouth like they were magnetized, and he shivered at the frisson of heat that sparked as the alpha's lips dragged over his flesh. When Aziraphale opened his eyes again, he looked a little muddled himself. Again? Yeah. Can I touch you, too? Yeah, please. Crowley gasped and fumbled for another olive. Immediately, Naziraphil grasped the hand, feeding him by the wrist, and began rubbing soft, heated circles against the tender underside, not pulling or guiding just connecting them as Crowley brought another bite to his mouth. This time, Aziraphale's eyes fluttered closed as he took Crowley's fingers again, and he sucked with more intent. His other hand, which had been lying warm and still against Crowley's sternum with a gentle sort of possessiveness, flexed and cramped. Oh, yeah. This was good, Crowley thought a little giddily, as his body continued to simmer and take notice. He never knew how to get started in situations like this. Most people he dated had favored kissing as the standard kickoff for sexual intimacy, but Crowley was pretty indifferent to the sensation. This, though, 
watching Aziraphale enjoy himself and get worked up, and in the process of beginning to lavish Crowley with the more direct stimulation he needed to really get going. This was... this was good. His hand trembled a little with the realization that this was working for both of them, and he fumbled on his next reach inside the container, landing on what felt like a cube of cheese instead of an olive. A little variety was good, he reminded himself, and watched Aziraphale's face with fixed attention to see how he'd accept the new morsel. The alpha outright moaned around his fingers, and he abandoned Crowley's wrist so he could hook his arm under a spindly thigh, haul it up, and spread his hand hot and proprietary against the thin skin of Crowley's inner thigh, fingertips just barely brushing the crease of his groin. The air left Crowley's lungs in a giddy whoosh. Like that? he asked, breathless, and lolled his head back further, arching up against a firm hold of the hand on his chest and stretching his neck further to the side. In answer, Aziraphale adjusted his grip on his thigh, sinking his fingers in firm as he used it to tuck and adjust how Crowley's pelvis lay back against him, giving the ever-strapped cock room to expand and press against Crowley's lower back. Then he flexed the hand on Crowley's chest just enough that he could give one of his nipples a firm flick with his thumb. Oh, Crowley huffed and used his free hand to brace himself against the giving flesh of Aziraphale's sturdy hip. Neck, neck, he panted, skating trembling fingers up along Aziraphale's jaw until he could palm the short curls on the back of his head and encourage him to bend down. Obligingly, Aziraphale licked his lips and then pressed an open-mouthed kiss directly to the sand gland, just at the join of Crowley's neck and shoulder. He laved his tongue over the gathering oil there, and rumbled long and low in his chest. Sweet mint and whiskey bloomed and burned urgently in Crowley's nose, on his tongue, in the back of his throat, as he panted open-mouthed, and squirmed against the alpha's hold. Heat raged through him like he'd stepped full body into an oven, and sweat pricked at his hairline. In, 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 please, come on, he chanted, feet slipping off Aziraphale's shins and the silk sheets, as he tried to brace his heels to lift up his ass into position. Yes, Aziraphale mumbled into his neck, moving his mouth further up, so he could begin sucking a stinging kiss to the underside of his jaw, even as he easily manhandled Crowley up higher against his chest, with a hand each under his opposite knee and armpit. 
The honk of a rousal Crowley gave at the casual show of strength would have been mortifying, not for the suddenly unbearable need to be filled right now, which had him doing his best to angle his hips back and try to catch the head of a zero-piece cock with his wet, aching owl. He whined and writhed, body lighting up every time he felt blood-hot, blunt pressure catch at where he was still relatively loose from the toy. It wasn't helping his sanity that every time the head of a Xerophil's cock skidded off the edges of his slippery entrance, it was to rub and tease at the sensitive skin just under his balls. Desperate, he released Aziraphale's hair to reach down and seize the alpha's thick length and hold it steady, so he could grind down and relish in the tense moment of resistance, followed by the hot rush of fullness as the head of Aziraphale's cock finally popped inside. Fuck, he groaned at the same time Aziraphale grunted, and pressed his forehead against Crowley's shoulder. Crowley could feel the alpha's arms quivering as they collectively eased him down until he was once again fully seated in Aziraphale's lap. All right, Aziraphale asked, breathless, and repositioned his hands in the dips on the sides of Crowley's hips. Yeah, great. Excellent. He gathered his heels under him and sat up straighter. As much as he loathed the loss of skin-to-skin -skin contact, leverage was key. How about you? Need anything. Can't imagine my back is an inspiring view. He flung an arm behind him to brace against the headboard. He'd be surprised. Aziraphale's hands flexed on his hips just before he placed a kiss to the wing of Crowley's shoulder blade. Ready? Do you want me to start slow or fast? Are you getting ready to churn butter? Oh, fuck me. Crowley snarked and clenched down with intent both to revel in the sensation and to hopefully take the sting from his words. Aziraphale moaned through a laugh and leaned up to swipe his tongue across Crowley's sand gland in retaliation. Crowley yelped. Cheeky, Aziraphale said, sounding unreasonably charmed, so Crowley decided to push his luck. That's the idea, he quipped and clenched again briefly before squirming. Well, go on. Gladly, Aziraphale breathed out and then crept Crowley's hips tight and began to move. This, Crowley thought in a heady rush. This was what he'd needed all last night and earlier today. Hot, firm flesh stroked him from the inside out, dragging along his aching inner walls. Tension and need that had been wound punishingly tight began to ease. 
muscles he hadn't even realized were clenched, loosened, and the relief rushed through him like submerging in a warm bath. He took what felt like his first full, easy breath in hours and sighed shakily. Oh, Crowley, you feel exquisite, Aziraphale panted. You do, Crowley whimpered. Heat washed up from his pelvis high into his belly, his chest, his head, in steadily building waves until he felt as floaty and baked through as if he'd been lying before a crackling hearth-fire. Slick slipped over his thighs, making their skin glide instead of stick with the accumulating sweat. Crowley knew, intellectually, that he'd find the damp uncomfortable later, but in the moment, riding the growing swell leading to orgasm, it was the best sort of filthy. His limbs felt simultaneously too loose and tense with pleasure, and his coordination started to falter. Aziraphale encouraged him to lie back against his chest again, and traded the pistoning thrusts for a shallower, more grinding drag. He bended an arm around Crowley's chest again, to free his hand to reach between them and drag up some of the slick over the hard length of Crowley's cock. Show me how you like it, the alpha growled in Crowley's ear as he took him in hand. Hung, Crowley agreed and grasped his wrist to help guide her strokes. He watched the lute picture and made the shiny head of his stick appearing and disappearing within the circle of Aziraphale's thick, well-manicured fingers. But soon it was too much, and he had to close his eyes, to focus on what feeble attempts he was still making to contribute to their shared rhythm. It's... it's coming, Aziraphale warned. Do you want it? He clenched hard at that, almost a spasm, as his heat-stoked body attempted to answer for him. Suddenly, Aziraphale's very nice cock was no longer enough, and he ached. Yeah, yes, fuck, I needed the stretch. Not me up, Alpha. The last bit was a calculated tease a little goading and scented. Aziraphale responded beautifully. With a long groan, he stilled his hips and leaned them both forward so he could bury himself as deeply as possible and grind. Crowley bore down as he felt the swelling pressure begin to build, grabbing the arms still locked around his chest with one hand and Aziraphale's blush hip with the other. Aziraphale grunted and continued to stroke him with impressive tenacity for someone about to tumble over into orgasm. He fitted his mouth back over Crowley's sand gland and sucked hard. Crowley howled as the pleasure pain in his neck 
arced like lightning to his cock, and abruptly he was tumbling over on the edge himself, making a mess of his stomach and a Zeraphil's hand. He clenched around the unforgiving girth of a Zeraphil's knot with every pulse of his orgasm, which just goaded his pleasure to further heights. And then Aziraphale's vanilla whiskey scent swelled as he twitched and moaned for his own finish. They sat hunched together for a long minute, just breathing and shivering through the aftershocks. Both of Aziraphale's arms were looped around Crowley's chest now, holding him close and he still had his mouth pressed firmly to Crowley's sand gland, though he wasn't moving. Crowley, in turn, rested his own arms atop the air force, double-binding them together. He let his head fall back onto Aziraphale's shoulder, though, and pressed his cheek against sweat-damp curls. Shit! He pronounced once their breathing had slowed a little. Aziraphale murmured something against his neck that sounded vaguely supportive, and then he shivered through another aftershock. Crowley helpfully clenched around his knot to draw it out and grinned when the alpha whimpered. God, he was so full, and it was so bloody satisfying. It was a little irritating. Well, that was a thing, he murmured. Aziraphale giggled. With careful maneuvering, they managed to wriggle back so Aziraphale could prop himself up against the headboard and Crowley could resume lounging against him without putting too much strain where they would be intimately joined for a while longer yet. Crowley plucked the abandoned box of nibbles from the bedside table and resumed feeding Aziraphale over his shoulder. Aziraphale, for his part, couldn't seem to stop petting Crowley all over, smoothing down the hair on his limbs and trailing down the center line of his belly and occasionally crowding gently through his hair. Crowley considered teasing him about preening, but worried the alpha might get too self-conscious and stop. They chatted and hydrated and cuddled amiably over the next half hour or so, until Crowley felt a trickle of leaking fluid that signaled Aziraphale's not receding. Aziraphale had produced a flannel while they were getting settled, so he could dab Crowley's abdomen clean. Now he muttered a garbled, Oh dear! around a mouthful of brie and water cracker and snatched it up again to shove between their stacked legs. Gross, Crowley observed. Hmm, Aziraphale agreed and swallowed. Would you like a shower? Crowley considered. Visions of dates past flashed in the back of his head. Is that you offering to wash me? Some of his trepidation must have bled into a stone, despite his best efforts, because Aziraphale squeezed his shoulder real 
reassuringly. If you like, I promise comforting touches only, unless you tell me otherwise. Bark, you're unreal, I swear. Yeah, my back could use a good scrub. Happy to oblige, Aziraphale said, chipper tone backed up by the scent of warm chocolate almond. Aziraphale gently bullied Crowley into sitting on the lid of the toilet so he could get the shower ready. Crowley grumbled but complied, snorting a bit, fondly Aziraphale hoped, when Aziraphale fastidiously draped a small towel over the cold porcelain before he sat. From there, Aziraphale fussed and bustled about the room, turning on the water, checking the toiletry options, digging out a few fluffy towels and draping them over the radiator to warm. Should I be giving you a tip? Crowley asked dryly when Aziraphale finally held out his hands to help guide him into the steaming shower. He tersed. Don't tease a poor Alpha doing his best to fulfill his duties. Now, I have a mind to wash you, if you let me. Crowley scowled and then visibly reined in his expression. I can wash myself, he said neutrally. I'm not heat-addled or anything. Of course you're perfectly capable, my dear, Aziraphale reassured. The last thing he wanted was for Crowley to think Aziraphale believed he needed care and coddling. However, his hands were itching to soothe and stroke and pamper to show just what he could do for the lovely Omega. The need had been building steadily over their dates, but the sympathy rut Crowley's heat sent had triggered had sharpened the edges into something almost painful to ignore. Nothing in Crowley's scent indicated true distress at the idea. And since he absolutely had Crowley's number and was just enough of a bastard to have no qualms about exploiting it, he drew Crowley under the spray and gently raked the Omega's quickly dampening hair back from his forehead. Crowley's eyes drooped to a half-mast and he leaned into the touch. Aziraphale pinched his lips over a smug grin. I would like it very much, he said quietly, to learn every inch of you, to take care of you and make you feel good. Crowley narrowed his eyes at him, so Aziraphale deployed his beseeching look. It hadn't gone unnoticed that the Omega seemed to take just as much pleasure at seeing Aziraphale pleased as he did from anything Aziraphale was trying to do to please him. But the poor darling also seemed starved for basic affection and touch, almost bewildered when his needs were considered before Aziraphale's. Privately, Aziraphale had some deeply petty fantasies of tracking down some of the Omega's previous partners 
and giving them a good dressing down. But currently, he had the privilege of taking up the role of Alpha to Crowley's Omega, however temporary. And he was bound and determined to use the time Crowley had gifted him to put every other partner Crowley had ever had to shame. Both because Crowley deserved it, especially after such a rocky start to the whole process, and because, well, Aziraphale was a petty bastard. Please, my dear, would you indulge me? Crowley blushed and quickly broke eye contact, suddenly finding the tile walls and rack of toiletries compelling. Yeah, I mean, if you're that determined. Very much so. Crowley huffed and grizzled for a moment, rocking from foot to foot, but finally shrugged expressively and leaned over to grab the bottle of shampoo and offer it to Aziraphale. Aziraphale preened. He used every drink cleaned from every salon and masseuse visit he'd indulged in over the years to turn the soaping up of Crowley's hair into a moment of sensual worship. But where professional service maintained distance, Aziraphale sought to erase any boundaries, encouraging Crowley's heavy head, which was drooping further and further with each swirling pass of Aziraphale's strong fingers over his scarf to rest on his shoulder. Put your arms around me, he murmured. Relax, I can take your weight for a few minutes. Crowley made a deep sound in his throat, like he was swallowing an indignant yowl, but gave in anyway, slowly draping and collapsing all the pointy angles of him over and against Aziraphale's sturdy frame. Aziraphale hung deep in his chest in satisfaction and looped one arm around Crowley's waist to hold him fast, while he moved his fingers in slow, steady flourishes and waltz over Crowley's head, like the bastard magician he knew he was capable of being. For here he had possibly the most prickly and skittish omega he'd ever met submitting to his care, like the best sort of magic trick. Close your eyes, he whispered, and then walk them back under the spray to rinse away the shampoo. Crowley's response was a half-hearted grunt, followed by a petulant swipe of his tongue over Xerophil's sand gland once the water was running clear. Xerophil repeated his ministrations with an almond vanilla-scented conditioner, doing his best to render Crowley completely boneless against him by way of scarf massage. He judged himself successful when Crowley sighed and nuzzled his whole face sleepily into his neck. Over the course of the shower, he leaned heavier and heavier against Aziraphale's body, arms looped firm around Aziraphale's chest as he hung on. 
Aziraphale allowed himself a judicious amount of internal clouting and pride at the balanced strength and softness of his own body that allowed him to take Crowley's weight and trust so well. Crowley didn't move from his spot. Aziraphale wondered if he might actually be dozing standing up as Aziraphale carefully retrieved the soap did his best to wash them both down, at least where it counted, keeping his touch firm and unlingering as he moved over more sensitive parts. He felt a warm, heavy feeling swell up in his throat the longer he worked, and Crowley continued to stay limp and content under his hands. He did his best to channel the emotion into a firm kiss, placed to the Omega's shoulder, carefully avoiding the sensitive scent gland as promised. Finally, though, he could draw out the process no longer, and he turned off the water so he could shuffle them out. The towels were wonderfully toasty when he draped them over Crowley's head and shoulders. Crowley nearly purred in contentment, squeezing Aziraphale more firmly and refusing to remove his face from his neck, however awkward it made Aziraphale's job in toweling them off. Come now, Aziraphale chided and carefully drew back, even though his instincts were firmly against the notion of giving up the embrace. But they were both going to get clammy if they didn't finish drying, and he would be no alpha worth knowing if he let the Omega in his camp get chilly. Crowley grunted and finally released his hold, head tipping back on his neck like it waited on, and eyes still mostly closed as he half-heartedly glared at Aziraphale. You're a menace, he grumbled, voice creaking with drowsiness. Aziraphale accused with what he knew had to be a dopey smile. Crowley was just so adorable, looking indignantly happy and with his hair sticking up every which way. Crowley grunted again and then frowned down at Aziraphale's chest, inhaling deeply. It's all gone he grumped and then dragged his arms up and began clumsily swiping his wrists over Zerophil's chest and belly, smearing fresh oil over shower-clean skin. A wave of intense, possessive satisfaction surged through Zerophil at the scenting. It lurched out of his throat in a pleased growl, and his fingers stroked to knead into the meat of Crowley's ass through the warmth of the tower. Crowley made a noise like a startled beeper and blinked up at him, looking a lot more alert. Aziraphale's face immediately flushed. Apologies, he rasped. No, no, it's fine. I started it. Crowley protested and leaned in, and, after a moment's hesitation, pressed a lingering, closed-mouth kiss to Aziraphale's lips. 
He felt the sweet pressure of the kiss like a punch in the gut, and he made a helpless noise as he resisted the urge to open up and turn it into something much more passionate and filthy. He settled for pulling the Omega flush against him, stretching his fingers wide over Crowley's damp, naked back to cover as much surface as possible. Crowley was kissing him. His breath shouted out of him when Crowley finally pulled away, and he had to remind himself to open his eyes again. This is going well. You're doing a good job, Alpha. Crowley murmured against his mouth, and then pressed his half-out cock more insistently against his ear of his raging erection. In case you were wondering, Aziraphale's answering laugh was a little watery, and he couldn't find words to respond, feeling instinct and affection, and something far more dangerous lodged in an emotional jumble in his throat. But purpose and energy were blazing through him, so he hoisted Crowley up against him, and carried him back to bed to put it all in service to his lovely Omega. To be continued in Chapter 5